This Tuesday, Ireland head to Sweden in a bid to keep their World Cup hopes alive. Five yards out, in towards O'Sullivan with the header! And the hat-trick! Full live and exclusive commentary on Tuesday at 5.30, only on OTB Sports Radio. OTB AM With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Borgosh Energy Ambassador Groot Hegarty was at the launch of Borgosh Energy's The Gift of the Gab at Croke Park in Dublin yesterday. The Gift of the Gab is a first-of-its-kind talent show that will search Ireland to find the best amateur pundits and give them a platform to showcase their talents. People of all ages from all parts of the country are encouraged to take part. If you would like to find out more or you know someone who is hurling mad and has the Gift of the Gab, contact BGE at giftofthegab.ie. 2022 marks the sixth year of Borkosh Energy sponsorship of the GA Hurling All-Ireland Senior Championships. And I'm delighted to say Grod Hegarty is with us this morning. Grod, good morning to you. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, lads. Um, this is a, a talent show. Is, the, is that something that you guys get sucked into as fundraisers ever? Like a dancing on ice, dancing with the stars, uh, stars in their eyes type thing? Is there, are there any hidden talents among your teammates? Uh, oh, I'd say if, if behind the curtain, no, but inside the dressing room and stuff, if there was a, a fly in the wall documentary, you'd see things that you wouldn't think that you wouldn't believe. But uh, I know, look, the, the the gift of the gab this year is is a is a really interesting concept. You know, I thought the uh, the gaga box last year was very, it was uh, it was just you know it's a bit of fun and it's, it's really it's really nice to watch. I love watching back the episodes and it was interesting that the the stars of the show were actually from Limerick to Tumi. So. Um, Look, I know plenty of herders on the ditch down here that, that that think they know it all in terms of GA punditry. So it'll be interesting to see where the top pundits come from this year. You know, so be a bit of fun anyway, and look forward to seeing it, uh, what, what happens over the next few weeks. Are you telling us that there are some like secret rappers, secret singers? Who's the best? Who's the best crooner in the Limerick team at the moment? <laughs> oh God, um, I'd say I'd say honestly, you no, know, Pat Ryan when he when he decides to hang up the boots I'd say there's a show there's 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 a job out there uh in, in comedy for him or something along those lines I don't know I don't know what you could say about him but he's he, he's an entertainer that's all I'd say um, I'm I'm always interested right because we, we, we've been listening to uh Paddy Andrews on the podcast now for the last couple of years talking about the dubs and, and how they kept the show on the road and just how self-motivated as a group they were and likewise with Tommy Walsh over the last couple of years we've kind of got to know what the ins of that inside of that dressing room was like a little bit for you guys you know I'm reading you in the papers today and you're talking about the the download criticism didn't didn't kind of breach your inner sanctum in any way in any meaningful way and I'm always interested in that because everywhere you go people will be telling you what people have said about you um but and 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 likewise you'll be like look it makes no difference Tommy Walsh and uh, Paddy Andrews would say exactly the same thing that nothing actually mattered nothing seemed to penetrate how do you do that? How, how do you get to a point where something happens in the Sunday game, friends WhatsApp it to you, and it doesn't matter? How do you actually get to the point where stuff like this, you are impenetrable or impervious to it? I suppose it is a good question, but um, I suppose when we're, when we're together, like when we go to train and like we, we, it's funny, we never actually talk about hurling, you know, outside of training, you know, when we go, anytime we, we go away together, whether it be, you know, holidays in the off season or going to games or anything like that. Like nobody ever talks about hurling on the bus or nobody ever talks about hurling when we're away. You know, we, we're just, we're a group of friends that, you know, we've been, we've been through a lot over the last number of years and, you know, you know, there's going to be criticism coming from, from outside the camp, but we, we don't really, you know, as I said, we don't really 
uh, we don't really care, I suppose, or we don't really hold, um, you know, you don't really, you don't really mind what people say outside the camp. All you want to do is you want to make sure that your teammates and and the, the management, I suppose, are uh, happy with your with your commitment and your how you're training, I suppose, and that's all, and that's all that does matter. Because you know, at the end of the day, there is going to be plenty of naysayers out there, and if you were to listen to them, you know, you probably will get nowhere. So. Uh, you just gotta you gotta listen to those that you trust the most. And where does the motivation come from? Because the other thing that um, keeps getting spoken about, particularly in GA terms, and it always feels a little bit lazy to me, is hunger. The team with the most hunger is going to win, and it's not really true. It's the team with the best preparation, the best tactical outlook, the best skill on the day, the best calmness under pressure. None of this is actually like a completely intangible thing. It's like, have you put the work in? Uh, and do you have the players to deliver the plan when it comes down to the last few minutes of ultimate pressure? Generally, hunger is actually something that's going to make you make a bad decision because you're you're trying too hard. Yeah, well, the motivation definitely doesn't come from outside. Like as I said, we don't we don't listen to you know whether it be good or or bad praise that we get, or, or good or good praise or bad publicity. We don't like we don't necessarily we never discuss anything that happens outside our camp. You know, we, the motivation comes from within. I suppose we trust. I've, I've, I've often said that we trust. You know that we have some serious guys over us, and um, you know we're trusting in Paul Canucks training and the other and the other selectors there in, in terms of they'll have us prepared as best we can, and and that's all you can do. You know you, you can't worry about what other people are thinking about you. You just have to focus on your own preparation, make sure that you're uh, prepared as best you can, and and see what happens. And so, where does your motivation come from? My motivation comes from my, it's always been the same. It's never changed. Just getting the most out of myself, you know, it's, uh, just trusting in myself and, you know, asking myself, I suppose, I always kind of ask myself the question before championship, have I trained as hard as I can? Have I prepared as best I can? And if you can honestly tick those boxes and say, yes, you can, well, then, you know, you're as, you're as best prepared as you can and whatever happens then after it happens, you know, in terms of, I often say, you know, it's, Sometimes hard to go <clears throat> look for look for advice or look for help and and admit that you have weak areas in whatever whatever area it may be and going to wh- whether it be the sports psychologist or going to the trainer or going to one of the, the management or, or the stats man and and looking for advice or looking for ways to improve. Um, I always feel is is a very uh, beneficial thing to do, you know, in the lead up to championship and and throughout the championship and try just in be the best you can be you know just improve on your weaknesses and keep keep your strengths as strong as they can be and as I said see what happens after that once you can once you can honestly say it to yourself look in the mirror and say I'm as best prepared as I can well then you can't have any excuses When you look back over the success over the last couple of years were there pivotal moments in the season where you could pinpoint that things are going well or things are going badly and something needs to change or is it actually not really that's not really how life works when you're in a moment all you can do is take that moment and try and uh stretch it and make it as elastic as possible so that yeah, if it's a good moment that's great and if it's a bad moment you, you move past it I guess what I'm what I'm asking is is there a pattern that you can discern in retrospect in the years that were successful and in even some of the build up years where you were less successful um, I suppose that's a, a fairly deep question but um, like there's always going to be there's always going to be positive moments and negative moments even within a game you know even within our even within our, our best games that we played over the last number of years you know, we'd always analyse every game and we'd look back on games and you're never going to have a perfect 70 minutes or whatever. You know, there's always going to be plenty of areas to improve on it. And, and like, that's all you can do. You know, just, as I said, try improve your weaknesses and, and keep your strengths as, as good as possible. But like, I was even talking yesterday uh, at the launch for the Gift of the Gab that uh, a couple of a couple of reporters asked me about the league this year it hasn't been super and things like that. But like, 
you know, the league has taught us so much this year because we have had a kind of a, a, an up and down league. You know what I mean? We have had had we've had probably more yeah so-called negatives than positives in the league this year but like the amount of learnings we've taken from the league this year have been incredible you know we might have learned more from this year's league than we have from any league in the last number of years or maybe any championship in the last number of years you know so you you can look at everything i always say you can look at everything positively or negatively you know you know when anything happens you can you can look on the bright side you can look on the, on, on the negative side and as i said we've had a, an up and down league and you know people People were kind of, I suppose, losing their head a small bit outside the camp, not necessarily inside the camp. Outside the camp, they were, you know, saying this and that about us. But um, as I said, we've taken a lot of learnings from it, and hopefully, we can put those learnings into into the into use over the next couple of weeks and months. Was it that different from last year's league? Like there was a, it, it felt from the outside again. We have no clue what's going on, but it felt like you were a bit narky as a group last year in the league. That there was definitely there was a scrappy league, and all that scrapping disappeared from the championship matches. I'm not saying that the it was a, it, I don't I think again I think we always classify this as intensity but actually um, it was almost like you put your intensity into the hurling specifically in the championship last year but there was a scrappiness there was definitely like you were getting caught into fights um, as, as a group last year in the league and it felt like this year wasn't that much different Yeah I'd agree. I agree I would, I would agree with you that last year's league was actually similar enough to this year's league it was very up and down and you know with a couple of issues with a couple of injuries and things like that but uh I suppose the narkiness I always feel comes from because you're not at the level you need to be at in terms of fitness, in terms of mental freshness, in ter- well, in terms of mental uh, being in the right state of mind and things for the game, you know, because when we similar to last year, when we came back this year, um, I suppose we kind of came back late. We only came back first week in January, so we didn't have a lot of work done going into the league and then you're you're coming up, honestly, you're just coming up against teams that are fitter than you at the time and I suppose the narkiness and the, you know, the I suppose you, you kind of get you kind of get a bit of annoyed about how the game is going because you're not, I suppose, you're not moving as well as you normally would be, you know, um, and teams are just, they're fitter than you and they're, they're faster than you at the time and that's where the that's where the annoyance comes from, I suppose. But once it, once you get the championship, everyone is prepared as best you can, so it's, it's a level playing field by the time you get the championship. So it's periodization that, like, you, you know, you, you weren't as fit and as ready to go a month ago, two months ago, three months ago, as you will be in two weeks next week, the month after. That's like, you know, you have to plan the season out with the intention of peaking at specific moments. Yeah, that's it. You know, simple as we, as I said, we didn't go back. To, or we didn't go back till the first week of January, and that's and that's just a fact. And uh, some teams might have been back a month before. Some teams might have been back two months before, and they were way further down the line by the time the league comes around. But as the season goes on, uh, like as I said, the, the playing field becomes much more level. And as the season comes on, you know, maybe that little bit of freshness might might benefit us in the long run. You know, time will tell us. And on an individual level, how do you stop yourself from getting narky again? I suppose you learn from your mistakes. You know, unfortunately, I had a uh, I've seen the Galway game this year. I got sent off, and uh, that's you know, it's a it's kind of a moment that you know puts you back in your puts you back in your box a little bit. Uh, you know, you got to learn from those moments. It's a, it's a horrible thing to happen. Um, you know, getting sent off and leaving your teammates down and having to go home after the game, look at your family and. You know, you just feel you just feel awkward, and it's just it's a horrible feeling. So, like anything, like like any mistakes, like any negative moments in your life, you got to learn from them, and make sure that they don't happen again. You know, so um, hopefully I've done that. Is there somebody you speak to to just work it out and kind of go, "This is what happened. This is how it happened." If I'm going to be in the same scenario again, I'll know how to avoid it. Or is that something you just have to work on yourself? Like, is there? Because I often wonder. Like you, you talked about. Um, you didn't use the word humility, but it was definitely a humility to ask for help. It's 
not a very Irish male characteristic and we definitely need to have those conversations about all sorts of aspects of life but like it's good to ask for help when something goes wrong it's not actually a sign of weakness it's a sign of strength mm. yeah I did I sat down with, I sat down with Caroline uh, our sports psychologist who I would have been sitting down with anyway but I suppose we just had an extra topic to, to talk about when we did sit down I suppose um, a couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago so yeah as I said like you know when you have top class people there to, to help you to, to give you advice to look after you you know to, to help you be the best person you can be you'd be stupid not to uh, I suppose not to dip into those resources that you have so yeah like we as everyone knows like Caroline Hurd is one of the top sports psychologists in Ireland we're fortunate enough to have her so as I said you'd be you'd be ridiculous not to be using her in, in those instances to, you know just improve on things like you know little mistakes that you make and, and things like that there was one other thing that um, you talked about in the papers about how, uh, again, it was a humility, I thought, where you were saying, look, we shouldn't yet be um, talked about in the same uh, realm as that great Kilkenny team because they all have seven, eight, uh, nine and uh, more All-Irelands in, in some instances. Um, but your team your team has achieved uh, a level at the moment where people are legitimately having those conversations. And I know, I know you're, you're not having them as a group, but like at some point when you do look back, there will have been a, an age profile of this team right now and an opportunity for this team right now to go and, and be spoken about forever in those terms. Uh, is, is any of that a motivation? I know it was for the Dubs. At, at one stage, they were like, actually, you know, we're not just going to be a good team this year. We could be an all-time great team. And if everybody, you know, if everybody lives the life they're supposed to lead, if everybody stays committed, if everybody keeps doing, if the management team stay committed, is history of interest... Um, again, like as I said, we w- we wouldn't discuss those things as a group. But you know, like realistically and honestly, if you ask anyone, do they want to be a part of something special? Of course, they want to say yes. You know, ask every single intercounty player about hurling and football, ladies football, camogie. Right now, what's their goal for the year? You know, they're going to want to win the All Ireland. It's as simple as that. Everybody, everybody wants to win as much as they can. So, um, look. I leave. We, we we don't. As I said, we don't talk about that. But we leave that discussion to other people. We just want to win. We just want to win as much as we can. You know, we just want to keep racking up those. We want to keep racking up as many medals as you can. You know, I'm a big soccer fan. I was watching the, the Liverpool and City game there um, on Monday, and you know there was a discussion before the game about Roy Keane was talking about how Liverpool, if they want to be a great team, they haven't won enough trophies. You know, they want they need to win a couple more trophies. So every team, regardless of whether every te- any team whether they want to be a great team or not wants to win, wants to win as much as they can so um, that hasn't changed on the Limerick you, you mentioned hunger a while ago and I would agree with you to what you were talking about about hunger you know so um, yeah like that's 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 just the plain and simple answer of course we want to win as much as we can you know and see where that leaves us in time and let other people talk about whatever they want to talk about Well I think the discussion on hunger it does a disservice to all of the teams who ever were beaten like that Mayo team uh, in football they're very hungry the Waterford team that were beaten by Kilkenny in the Iron final they were starving your dad's Limerick team were absolutely starving as well after a famine and, and the notion that like uh, they weren't hungry enough to get over the line it's it's kind of bollocks mm. it doesn't come down to hunger it doesn't come down to hunger as you said a while ago it comes down to you know it comes down to loads of things but I wouldn't necessarily hunger as a thing you know I, I look at all the great teams that have won over and over and over again you know were they as hungry as somebody else? I don't know, maybe not. But, you know, it comes down to decision-making skill, you know, um, 
loads of things. I don't not necessarily. I don't as as I said, I would agree with you in terms of hunger. I'm not necessarily sure is that the most important thing leading into the, leading into a big game or leading into a year. I guess the other thing is um, keeping the motivation high would be the sense that you're improving, and you've talked about the desire to improve as an individual. Do you feel like you're becoming a better hurler because like you're still potentially a good bit away from your peak in terms of like you you know the level of conditioning you have but the experience that you have and uh, the wisdom that you have there's still a couple of years I would say before if if your career goes the same way that everybody else's does that like you could be 29, 30 before you reach your absolute peak do you feel like you're still improving? I do without a doubt like I, I always kind of laugh at this that not so long ago like you weren't in your peak until you re- kind of reached 30, 31 you know so it's funny how it, the, the the mindset has kind of shifted in the GA over the last number of years in terms of where people's peaks are actually at. But I suppose everyone is different. Like I didn't have, I didn't like what some of the young lads on our panel are doing at the moment is, is, is mad. I wouldn't have been able to do that. Like I wasn't good enough to play for Limerick until I was 22, 23. And, you know, we do have young lads on the panel now coming in as young as 18 that are pushing for, you know, a spot on the panel, a spot on the team, you know, they're coming in with, strength and conditioning that is just off the charts and as I said I was absolutely miles off it when I was there so I, I don't necessarily think of a lot of mileage on the clock at a young age so um, I would definitely say I'm, I'm still improving as you said my conditioning is is, is always improving you know your your mental toughness your mental your the mental aspect of the game is something that I've bought into massively over the last couple of years and um, as I said that's only starting to pay off again over the last couple of years and you know even strength and conditioning side of things that's all gradual improvement so I would say definitely I've never been in a better position going into championship yet The other thing is that it's a very unified setup that you're in that the whole county has rode in behind you know 10-12 years ago now big decisions were made and your your generation is benefiting from it but we see the knock-on impact in football as well and it feels like everybody's feeding off the success it's not like this is an island where a bunch of players have come through together and you've got to try and get everything that happens when those players are together because it's not ever going to happen again and I'm not saying you take it for granted but certainly it feels like the structures are there to help you guys be your very best yeah I've said it a million times before, like we are, you know, we are a group of players that, that strive to be the best we can be. And obviously we do have a lot of talent, but we're extremely lucky to have the, the guys over us that are, that are over us, you know. Um, like I, I was actually, I was asked a very interesting question yesterday by um, one of the lads in the media for the launch. And he was talking about the new rule for the under 20s that they can't play senior if, or they can't play under 20s if they play senior. And I was talking about how when we were when we were under twenty one in twenty fifteen, John Kylie was our manager and like if Keen Lynch was on the senior panel at the time and he had played senior that year, if he wasn't able to play with us that year, we probably wouldn't have won the under twenty one All Ireland. We probably wouldn't even won the first round. We only beat Tipperary by a point or two if I remember correctly. And Keane was obviously integral to that team at the time. And it's interesting that I'd say seventy five percent of that team are now on our intercounty team and, and some of the some a lot of them are starting. John is obviously the manager. You know, if we are beaten by tipping that first game if Keane can't play it's interesting to see where where Limerick Hurling is now, you know what I mean? It, it's it's kind of a crossroads. It's it's very you know, which I was just saying that the, the under twenty rule, I, I really don't agree with it that if you're good enough to play inter uh, senior when you're under twenty, they're punishing you for not playing your own age group, you know. So um 
yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, I suppose, for those lads. But it's just interesting that at a, a little moment in time, 2015, how, how the McCurlin could have been changed a lot if that rule was in place at the time. You obviously have a very deep relationship with, with John Kiley and with Paul Kinnerk. Is it a two-way street? Are you free to go and say, look, I think we need to do this or I, I feel like this is something that we're not doing as well? How much, how much do they listen to what you guys are saying to them and what's the feedback loop like? Oh, they listen to us a lot. Like again, I suppose for for them, why wouldn't they? You know, like you, they do have thirty five, thirty six lads in front of them that um, are striving to be the best they can be. You know, obviously thirty five, thirty six are the best orders in our county in front of them every night at training. And as I said, like we would analyze games uh, after we'd analyze a game at the weekend on the Tuesday night after training. And you know, you'd obviously look for areas of improvement, and we would have an open discussion as to you know the positives and negatives associated with that game or in the lead up to a game. You know, again, we'd have analysis sessions of whatever whatever team is that we're coming up against. And again, as you said, the feedback loop is quite open. We are completely trusted to uh, give our opinion, whether that be an analysis before uh, post game or pre game. You know, and uh, obviously they'd listen to us and you know things like that. So it's our our, our opinion is valued definitely and. In, in that kind of thing it's definitely the most open Munster Championship that we've had in a long time in that everybody f- will feel like on their day they're going to be able to cause trouble for their opponents uh, do you feel that too is this is this as um, as edgy as you might have been in the build up to a Munster Championship I, I, I always think the Munster Championship is extremely open you know the Munster Championship is they talk about the Ulster Football Championship as being uh, one of the best championships that there is um, provincial championships I would say the Munster, Munster Hurling Championship is definitely up there with it every single team in in Munster whether it be Clare, Waterford, Tip ourselves uh, or Cork are going to be thinking they're going to win the Munster this year that is going to be the aim for every single county and if it isn't um, you know there's no point even saying if it isn't because it is every single county is going to want to win the Munster in, in Munster this year so it is extremely open it's, it's always extremely open nothing has changed and again this year, going back to the, the format, the group stage format where everybody has to play each other, uh, you know, there's no excuses. If there's no such thing as having an off day this year, you know, everybody has to play everybody. So, if you're in, if you're in the fourth and fifth positions, um, I suppose you just weren't good enough this year, you know. And the top two will play each other in the final and see who wins, and obviously third will go out into a qualifier or whatever it is. So. Yeah, it's a very exciting couple of weeks coming up without a doubt for players and, and, and fans. Oh yeah, it's brutal and it's great for us as, as neutrals. Uh, I can only imagine the level, excitement level actually being involved in it. Grode, always great to talk to you. Thanks a million. Cheers, lads. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Grode Hegarty there, uh, Borgosh Energy Ambassador, who was at the launch of the Borgosh Energy Gift of the Gab at Croke Park in Dublin. And uh, for details of that, you can contact BGE at giftofthegab.ie and um, it is the sixth year of Borgosh Energy sponsorship of the GA Hurling All-Ireland Senior Championship. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.